And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Green plastic tunnels. Hey, hi. How you doing? Good, good. I have been anticipating this one so much because I just I stare at your pieces and so. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So I'm stoked. So can we start from like base level, very beginning? When did you do this, and where does that name Green Plastic Tunnels come from? <laughs> good, good question. Uh, uh, when did I start doing this? Well, I've kind of got a couple points, I think, when I started doing it. I made a mold of Swamp Thing when I was in fourth grade. Okay. Uh, it had just come out. And my dad showed me how to make a mold and everything. I should mention he uh, worked at Kenner for a yeah. while and uh, did freelance toy work. So he knew a few things about mold making. Um, but he didn't really know. He wasn't really that... Um, knowledgeable about casting resin and pressure casting and all that. Um, so I just never really bothered with it. But then um, I was in my first year out of college. I played around with it, um, making some of the forms that I sculpt. Uh, not the like figurative or kit bash stuff. Um, but yeah, so I tried using resin. It was that casting craft stuff, which is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just whoop, the worst stuff. So I kind of had a bad experience with that. And I was like, man, I'm not going to mess around with this material anymore. I was working mostly with wood. But then I was at uh, my friend Noel's store, uh, Noel Conrad, which he um, has a place called Novelty House. And I was in Novelty House and I was checking out all the cool monster toys and kaiju and Safubi. And I was telling him, you know, what my dad had done and uh, my experiences with casting. And then he showed me a piece by this guy, uh, Mark Ultra, or um, the Mark Ultra, okay. Mike Kirchhoff. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's that's awesome. That's uh, that's up my alley. That's what uh, I'm talking about, because my dad would ha also had um, like some boxes and bins, some of the stuff that they were just going to toss so like prototypes, pieces of like hard copies and stuff like that. And I always thought that stuff was really interesting in its own right. And I'm thinking like, man, what if I did something like in this vein, get better at using resin, if nothing else, and, you know, maybe sell figures so that I can buy other people's figures, you Love know? That. Yeah. And then I uh, just kind of went from there. I mean, still have a lot of miscasts and stuff. I just use those now instead of throw them away. 
so that's amazing. I absolutely love that. Like you started with the swamp thing or did, is it like the chunky one that you started with? Yeah. Yeah. The one that had the snare arm that could be disconnected and, and then you pull on it and then its hand goes back. Okay. Okay. So with all of that and your dad being in Kenner and doing all that kind of stuff, what does it look like to do that first figure? Cause you said that you didn't, or he didn't know how to do like the molding and pressure pot and casting and all that. Yeah. What was that learning curve like? Oh, I should, I should clarify that it was with materials that he knew about, but we couldn't, we didn't get into resin. Um, I just was used cast using castling wax, which is what he would use for sculptures because outside of toy making um, or toy sculpting, he also did his own sculptures and would get them cast in bronze a lot. So he had to use castling wax. Um, okay. So the first thing I did was actually in wax. <laughs> uh, which is crazy because I still haven't gotten the guts up to use wax and do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Um, it's just, uh, oh, the other thing that I, I should mention that kind of goes along with when I met Noel is I was getting into casting some of my sculpture, like the more architectural looking stuff. And I had been using jeweler's wax and stuff like that for a while. So I didn't make a couple casts of the, um, of like Charon or Charon from Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah. 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 So I just made a couple copies of that out of wax using jeweler's wax and crayons, which is what I had been using. But it was, there were too many like erroneous results and stuff, and you know the way you have to make the molds stem out a certain way for ventilation. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't working with the wax. So I was like, well, maybe I should just you know do the resin and, like I said, get better at that. I never thought about using crayon wax. Yeah, it works. I mean, the thing is, when you're mixing the colors up, because that's the other thing. I never would just do purple because of that turns out more uh really dark so i'd add like a lot of white to it as well to give it a little bit more of the lavender color um but yeah so i started experimenting with that and that was kind of fun you know you get some some mixed results but yeah resin it's uh (laughs) it's got to be a labor of love because it's not easy stuff to figure out right away I absolutely understand that. I can't tell you how many things I've wasted just trying to figure like even the smallest thing out. Yeah. So uh, you started, you did Swamp Thing, uh, you moved through it. And so where does that actual name come from? Oh, right. Green Plastic Tunnel. So I was just coming uh, coming up with titles one day and I was thinking of uh, sort of an interest I've always had with uh, water parks. Mm-hmm. And or like play structures, you know, you'll always seem to be made out of green and plastic. Um, it had a really cool feel to me, you know, as a kid and something that I retained. And I was just like, this might be a cool, like, artist kind of company name. Yeah. Kind of made sense. <laughs> That's it how rem- it stuck. It reminds me of uh, the Mario Green Tunnels. I don't know why. Yeah, totally. But I love that that's where like you went because it something cool about your name is that it doesn't it doesn't signify like a piece or it's not about like I, I so mine is yucko and then you have like yeah. people like dollar slice and you're like that where does dollar slice come from and I like that green plastic tunnels like it's just it seems like it fits for toys or for abstract art 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I, I that. like that. <laughs> I like that you're feeling that way. You know, it's so. I guess you, that's what I'm about. You start with figures. Mm-hmm. Make the jump to what I'm assuming is an abstract form, and then you have more of the like. Um, what look almost like statues, like the more square, more blockish type thing yeah. going on? Well, I mean, I've really been, the whole time that I've been working with resin, I've also been working with wood, like previous to that, okay. a little bit before that. So I was making these large sculptures that were geometric and architectural mm-hmm. for years. It's just, um, and I also thought they kind of had a play-like quality to them. All I knew about art toys for a while was... Um, like Donnie's and yeah, uh, you know the kid robot stuff, which is fine, but it never really grabbed me. But I liked the idea of packaging something that's meant to be art and you know presenting it that okay. way in the store. Like, and I, I liked that idea, um, but that was all I knew. Um, but yeah, I'd been making stuff like this before, and I thought, wouldn't that be cool? Um, but then I just kind of got tired at the this whole culminating, I feel like event, yeah. if you want to call it that, was at Noel's store. It was at Novelty House. And that's when I was like, dude, I just had like this epiphany. Like I need to try something else for a while because I've been working with these architectural forms for so long. They kind of became constrictive mm. um, because it's like I wasn't taking as many risks I felt like, or I was just, anyways, it just felt like a good direction to go, especially with my background, you know, talking about um, seeing my dad's collections of stuff that he just like snagged before they threw it away. And then, uh, yeah. So it was, it was kind of like a few things, but anyways, that's when I started to change and be like, well, let's play around with figures some more, Um, you know, which is a little more literal translation of, childhood stuff i guess when you start working with like figures that you know you associate with you know your younger being but it's weird because i don't feel like i want to make work that's just nostalgic i think that that might have a part to it Mm -hmm. but i'm not as like wanting to grab um certain characters from sci-fi shows as much anymore um and put them together and i've never really wanted to make a story or a, one specific narrative anyhow. Okay. You know, and I don't, like, I see a lot of people that can do it and do it really well. Um, but yeah, I guess that's sort of my approach with that. So as you're creating and you're doing these, your your backers are textured basically. Like you, are, yeah. you, are you casting the backers? Yes. Okay, so. Most I, of the time. Which is amazing, right? So you're making a mold of it and then doing all the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't, I like the first time I ever saw a casted backer was uh, I think this weekend with uh, uh, Barbarian Rage. Yeah. And he, yeah, it looks good, huh? Yeah. Which are insane. Like I never thought to do that. And yeah. so you're doing that. Where, where's this inspiration coming from? Cause I can, like, yeah. Some of them are really textured or really abstract. What, where are we finding that inspiration just for the backers? And then I guess it, the pieces as well that go with it. Uh, well, I guess the, the pieces I've been doing lately, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd say for about a year now, uh, like the revolver head, if you've seen that, mm-hmm. um, 
all those pieces are pieces my dad has sculpted, like on that scale. And I just have made molds of them. And it, one of the things that he does with his work is he cuts it up into smaller pieces and will like put it back together again. So I was like, well, why don't I start taking some of his stuff, play with that, kind of kit bash with that stuff yeah. put together. Um, and then the, the textured cards are kind of like uh, a feeling of maybe not being able to control nature or something along those lines. Like, okay. like the, these things just naturally happening. Like you want the tin foil to stay in pristine condition, but it's like, it's so temporal. Yeah. So ephemeral maybe, I, I don't know that maybe that's, maybe that's too deep or something. I'm not <laughs> sure, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of got that. And, um, just kind of like ordinary materials and seeing like what is possible with them. Part of the thing I was thinking of, and also maybe encouraging people to use the parts as like a playset. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. So when you envision the playset esque, like I don't know, it, your your art is just so refreshing to look at because mine. Or like when I look at, yeah, well, yeah, when I look at like certain art, it becomes mundane almost because it's like, we all get paper, we all do the backers the same, there's cardboard and chipboard and, but then when I see something that's textured or something that feels like art, that's a whole nother thing for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so to see that it actually has a purpose and that you want it like a playset, like I'm currently looking at it right now and it's just like, so each piece that you create your what's the I don't even know what I'm trying to say what is the idea behind uh trying to keep it pristine and trying to make it look like natural and like right you just go for it yeah I just kind of think about things that are running through my head that uh might make sense like as a back or something I might envision um and there's a lot of chance to how the colors come out and stuff like that or how the textures actually come out but that's kind of part of it one of the things i did with aluminum foil the first time was got a piece of um, cardboard and i was originally just going to try to cast the cardboard but you know if you cast in just cardboard then you've got all that crap to fill up and mm -hmm. it's just gonna like bleed through and then you're gonna waste a bunch of rubber so i was like well what if i covered it with the foil and stuff and one side i tried to make a little bit more of a, um, like cardboard texture and then the other side, you know, more of a kind of, you know, crinkled up uh, sort of feel to it. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry, what was the question? I feel like I steered away from the question there. I, I was, well, I mean, I think you answered it a little bit, but it's this idea of like trying to make it look pristine yet uh, like- Oh, right, right. It. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing I was saying about chances when you do things and you add a little bit more chance or I guess risk taking, you know, not saying taking a big risk here, but just like saying that, let's see how it'll work if I do this to it and get kind of caught up in the moment of that action and then see how that works, especially when you make it on like a larger scale. Like yeah. it looks, it looks like if I had a bunch of them together, it would look like, you know, they were factory made, even though they're, totally not or something. I don't know. Uh, there's something about that mass production thing that I'm working with. Yeah. So I'm not sure how to totally articulate it yet. When you create these uh, figures, now the figures themselves and you kit bash and do all that, that means 
this is, is it like a cool experience that you are doing it based off of like, and your dad did this at one point. And so now it's this like joint team thing sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's always a joint team thing. Anytime I uh, cast any of his figures and uh, I try to make that clear on my Instagram page that anything figurative is pretty, it's just him like that. He did, he did the sculpting for it to give him credit for it. But then, you know, I'm doing the cast and deciding how things should be arranged and it's kind of fun to have that as like your toolbox or your toy box, you know, like go back to certain things, you know? I love that. So if you had to um, articulate where your art fits in this art toy bootleg, what would you say, or what would you describe as like your place for the art? That's a good question. And I'm not really sure. Um, I think some people might look at it as, you know, being more in the, uh, um, I, I don't know how to call it contemporary art, maybe, or okay. you know, more in, more in line with a, uh, not as, like, I feel like sometimes with using the term highbrow or lowbrow, there's no in between well it's just limited it's like a linear thing yeah. to choose from. so i'm hope here's what i'm hoping i'm hoping people get something more out of it than just like uh that's the jetsons and the smurfs combination and isn't that funny you know or yeah isn't that obscure i just want them to maybe feel like some interaction with the piece maybe knowing some of the history of like how my work has progressed or you know, created, whatever the process is, maybe people will like it just for what it is without any context, I guess. Yeah. So, and so I guess wherever that falls in with highbrow, lowbrow, midbrow, middle, high. Well, because, you know, they're always talking about that there's the highbrow and then there's the lowbrow. If we're being completely honest, I have no idea what those terms mean. People have. Oh, okay. So I feel like lowbrow is kind of like stuff. If you're familiar with, um, God, what was it? Ed Big Daddy Roth. Uh So, uh, like the uh, rat fink stuff. Oh, like all the. All the surfing culture of the 60s and things like that, that's considered to be a little too kitsch for the high-end markets. Uh, A lot of the time it was like that anyhow. So it was kind of like looked at, sort of frowned upon by the art world. (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense. Because I've I've heard the description of highbrow and lowbrow, and I've just gone with it whenever people are talking about it. And then it's like... um, one of the commercials that got made by another toy maker for the podcast, he calls Earth to Kentucky like they sell oh, lowbrow yeah. art, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Sure, sure they do. Great. I don't know." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. And here's the thing: I, I'm not against using those terms, but I mean, I think you got to give yourself a little bit more credit sometimes, like. Dude, it doesn't have to be like lowbrow unless you want it to be that way. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, it's kind of like the bootlegs thing. I I love what Killer Bootlegs and Dollar Slice do, but I'm kind of like, dude, you guys are doing better than bootlegs, you know? Yeah. But um, but that's fine too because I appreciate where they're coming from and how they're using those those terms because you know I think it, it comes down to a fascination 
with uh, all those knockoffs, you know, and going like, well, these are cool. But I almost feel like those dudes like transcend uh, being a bootleg into being like this really like well done thing, you know? Yeah. Have you seen, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce, Ahimo, is that his name? Uh, Ahimo. Uh, with all the turtles it, and everything. Ahimo Adventures, maybe. Is that right? Yeah, maybe that's how you pronounce it. But he creates these like, turtle hybrid things that are so yeah. good yeah you have exited the world that i am currently in and you're like doing stuff right yeah that is yeah. so great yeah i really uh and that's the good thing about instagram you can to kind of check out people that are into real specific things yeah you know it's a good way to communicate and see what everybody's coming up with so with like with this kind of definition of art and what you're currently doing and your process and everything, where is your art headed? What are you hoping to work yeah. on next? Like, where do you think question. the question is? Yeah. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth to Aliens have landed, Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. I think that I was talking with Doug, uh, DKE. You know, you mm. know Doug? Yeah. Okay, so I was talking with him at a DKE Con. He was interviewing me about this. And he says, you know, I think you've made it. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what made it means. <laughs> but um, I, I think you're never like going to, if you're like, I made it and you're, um, you know, 40, what do you do next? So I, yeah. I don't, I think you're just always got to push forward and see what happens and just experiment with materials. Or that's how I feel. Like just kind of try new things. Um, I guess maybe working a little larger in some cases. I really think it's important the scale that I'm working at right now, like everything's kind of small scale, but um, I'd either like to do something where it's a massive piece with just like a ton of these small pieces or just, you know, bumping certain things up in scale. Um, I don't know. It's always on the horizon. Yeah. Um, doing some more collaborations with my dad. Uh, love that. You know, as far as him, the figures he sculpts, like I, I love them. They're, they're just wild. Like I just asked him if he doesn't mind sculpting a pair of like fur pants, because I want to add that to the, sort of like the vocabulary or the you know the parts table to, yeah. to choose from. Which I think like that is an overwhelming like to be like, hey, Dad, can you just create this thing real quick? Yeah. And then I'm going to throw it in this word economy that I'm using. And then we'll just call it a day. Like that is an incredible way to do that. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is what well, another reason I'm like more feel like a lot of these things are so collaborative is because he's in on it too. Like he, lo he, he thinks this whole thing is fun to do, you know? 
Yeah. Um, he really likes to see results. I, I think with other people playing with the pieces, maybe. Um, so when you're creating and you're um, designing these uh, figures and you're doing everything, are you more on the, I just create one-off side or I'm going to do a run, but nothing in the run will look the same? So it's funny you should mention that because uh, I think I started off with that mentality of doing like, you know, each one of these has to be exact and precise. And this is going to be a, a large edition. I think I had the largest edition I ever did was 20 or 30. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> like a huge number and people don't understand. Yeah. That. Yeah, it, it really is, especially doing all this by yourself. Like I know Dave and Morgan, Dave Healy and Morgan, uh, yeah. Suck Lord, you know, I know that they do a large volume. Um, but even then, it's like there's so much time you have to spend just casting, waiting for things to cure, um, which is another reason I like using other materials sometimes. Like I use a lot of PET G or PETG, which is like for vacuum forming yeah. as well. But um, yeah, I just think it just keeps on going and you just change ways. Um, because doing those additions, like where they get too specific and then you start to get real nitpicky, or at least I, I kind of do. And it's, I just feel like it's easier to just be like, look, I like the way this came out, but maybe I can use it for this. And you know what? If I make an addition, I make an addition, but it doesn't sound as uh, fun right now. Yeah. When you created yeah. the 20, what did it... Were you trying to keep it very precise or was it just? Yeah. So my thing has always been, listen, if I get too, um, if I get too tense and intense about something like this, mm -hmm. nothing's going to get done. <laughs> like I'm just going to sit there <laughs> being like, fuck, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to get really good. And the optimism is always there in the beginning of the project, you know, yeah. I think. But then it just kind of goes like, man, now it's a chore. So just, I, I think that's the thing, you know, you're doing one-offs. You can just be like, man, this makes sense for this. So what I, I guess in another part of the process is just to collect all these pieces and then you'll find the parts for it later. Like I'm, I'm really happy that I hung on to some of my miscasts from years ago because they've informed some of my current work, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've thought about that a lot lately. I had a day where I had, I don't know, eight, nine, maybe 10 miscasts. And it was yeah. just like back to back. And so now it's like, I don't want to throw them, throw them away. And I think mm -hmm. what you just said is super helpful because it's like, man, maybe later on, I'll throw in some broken toys and figure out how to do that. Right. Um, there's somebody doing that right now. He's doing like, or something along those lines that I think is interesting. He's taking like Ewoks and using two one B faces. Oh, vomiting droids. Yes. Yeah. That, that fella. Yeah. Um, I, I like where that's going. Yeah. You, if you ever get a chance, because he he molds with uh, 65D, I believe. Okay. He does. Um, and so, if you ever get a chance to watch one of his lives where he's actually working, it's it's a quick mm -hmm. process, and it, he like is very quick on how he does it. And then he shows. I've seen a couple times through a Zoom call of just like it's intense. Like he, he puts the face within the face within the face, and it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, how are you doing this kind of stuff? Yeah, that's pretty rad. See, and that's that's what's fun. It's like taking that word economy, I guess you you called it earlier, 
of having these figures and like, what's the most crazy thing I can do with these, you know? And I think he's uh, achieving that. Yeah. And I think that's the craziness is what draws me to this community, right? Mm -hmm. Things that stand out. I'm I'm uninterested because if I wanted an action figure, I would just go to the store. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm uninterested in like the basic stuff. I just want more of the stuff that I'll never find anywhere else, but from a specific artist. Right. And you know, there's a, where are you based? Where are you out of? San Diego. San Diego. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It's like 3 PM your time. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there's a toy store called house of fun Mm. in New Jersey, uh, near my parents' house. They live out there now, but, uh, they have so many crazy obscure toys that are just kind of like random wind up toys. And you're like, Whoa, these are awesome. And if I don't get these, I will never see them again. Yep. You know, the, the sort of like oddball toy that you're just like you can identify with because you're like, well, that looks like something that, you know, should have been but wasn't. But now it's here. And I guess it was, you know, it keeps it kind of fun, like that sort of energy. Yeah. And what's what's tough is I've, I've had that a couple times, but I have been um, so uncomfortable with the idea of like almost breaking them apart to remold them. Yeah. Like I'll never find this again. I can't do that. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I've done that with a lot of um, the ADATs that you can get, like the Galoob ones, I guess they are. And they're like the six inch ones where I've like broken them apart and I'm trying to remold and recast and do all that. And it's like, I feel guilty as hell doing all of that. Yeah. I know what you're saying, man, but sometimes you just got to let it flow, I, I guess. This is how it, how it goes. Yeah, um, I love one thing, another thing that I, I think is really cool with one-offs, like I, I'm not sure if you know uh, Mallow Toys, mm-hmm. Marin, yeah, like what she's doing with like all those crazy creature figures, it's like the same thing over and over, but it works, and it works, I should say, because it's like always that suspense, not, not necessarily suspense, but that excitement to see like. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Bootleg Bonanza! Hey, check out what I just got. Oh my gosh, what is this stuff? These are bootleg art toys. What? Where do you find bootleg art toys? I find bootleg art toys at Bootleg Bonanza. Bootleg Bonanza! An alternative toy store that specializes in bootleg art toys, resin, and vinyl. Oh my gosh, this one's weird. Actually, they specialize in weird. Not only do they buy and sell and trade designer toys, they produce them in their fully equipped studio. Bootleg Bonanza! Where is this at again? Bootleg Bonanza. It's at 200 East High Street, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or you can head there online at www.bootlegbonanza.com. I don't know. Whose money did you spend on this? You didn't spend our money on this weird stuff, did you? Um. I mean, what is this thing? Uh. Head there now. www.bootlegbonanza.com and spend all your money. Bootleg Bonanza. I'm broke. How's this one going to turn out? Or what's going to be altered about this one or what? And that's another thing where I think like jokes really work. Like cotton candy creature and it could just be like cotton candy it doesn't have to be something more like um and i'm not knocking stranger things but you know like you saw a lot of um crossovers with that but i guess i enjoy the sort of more kind of generic fun treat sort of look yeah she i I, I see her work all the time. It pops up on my feet constantly. And just like, even the shapes of the backer boards are different. And even like, and the colorways are constantly different for whatever she's creating. And so, yeah, 
I think she found like such a perfect niche or niche market, whatever you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Yeah, she does like a really fun thing. Uh, like keeps it really interesting. And so, um, I don't know if you know Alexis Herrera. She's uh, plastic purpose. I don't think so. Based in Austin, anyways, it's like she's also like t- takes things to like a different level. Like I love seeing that. Like it's just kind of interesting packaging, not necessarily a story, but just uh, something about it really works. I'm gonna have to look that up a- aesthetically. Yeah, I'll, if I remind, if I remember after this, I'll send you um, a profile. The the cool part uh, about the last part of the podcast is that I I want to make it just about the artist, and so. Um, I, I think it's just one more way to plug all of your stuff and where we can find you and how we get in touch with you, where do we buy your art? And then if you do customs and what that looks like. So okay. I know that that was a big conglomerate yeah. of stuff, but can you answer all that for us? Sure. Yeah. I don't mind doing customs to a certain extent. Like if it's too, like find something that you made seven years ago and please make that again. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. want to have to go through all the show making molds, no matter how much you pay me. Um, but yeah, reach out if you ever see anything that you like through my Instagram um, or my Gmail or my uh, Big Cartel. My um, Big Cartel is greenplastictunnels.bigcartel.com, Love I it. think. But you can find it on my Instagram, which is also greenplastictunnels. I've got a direct link. Um, right now, the store is filled with more of the abstract geometric kind of kind of stuff, I guess. Um, but I've got a few figures that I've been putting together that I'm planning on having in there like this week. I know it's a little, it's a little busy. I'm having a daughter tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. So I'm sorry about like, uh, getting this all mixed up. I actually thought kind of forgotten space a little bit today on everything. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You for sure (laughs) for that. No, you're good. So, I mean, this is going to be, here's a real question. I mean, we'll have to figure out where this goes with the podcast, but what happened? Like you're going to have a, another, a new daughter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so are you going to continue like, or take a break from toys for a little bit? Well, oh, no, I'm never taking a break because what I find is one of the advantages to having a bunch of pieces made and cast already and sanded down Yeah, is you don't always have to take a ton of time to make them. You know, it's like you've got the part, you got the arsenal, you got the vocabulary, the, uh, you know, the word bank. Yeah. As you're saying, you got it all there. So sometimes you can just take like maybe a 10 minute break from the day, go back down there and be like, all right, this, this and that. But I've got two boys as well. So we're well versed in having to <laughs> take breaks for each other. You know, full house. My wife well, and I. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for giving me your time. In the hey, thank you for, uh, it was, it's, it's been nice talking to you.
Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. Next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.